Luna, psychology researcher and educator. And I'm Brian Luna. I have recurring nightmares about something called Strawberry Head. And you're listening to Talk Psych to Me. A show where we take research out of the lab and into the street. Let's get into it. So glad that you're talking about recurring nightmares because... (laughs) We have two very special guests know, on the show today, and I feel like both of them might be helpful for you, for your recurring nightmare. Yes. We are so excited to have these two people on the show. We're actually doing kind of a special episode today in honor of our new web series called The Way Through, which you could find in the show notes. Do you know who we have here, Brian? I definitely know who we have here. Okay. Because I sent the email. Great. <laughs> so we have our series co-creator and co-writer, the amazing Alyssa Green. Who is also co-host of a very popular podcast about goosebumps. Say, Say podcast, podcast and, and die. die. Hi, Alyssa. Hey, how's it going? Very excited to talk to you about both therapy and possibly Brian's nightmares. And my creeps. And... <laughs> The other person that we have here today is actually the person who inspired our new web series, Brian's own therapist, Lynn Saladino. Hi, Lynn. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. I assume you're charging us by the hour. (laughs) Of course. That's good. Absolutely. Yes. No, double for this because it's a public appearance. So double. Yeah. (laughs) And it's Dr. Lynn Saladino. Okay. Sorry. Yes. Like. But so, so it's also Dr. Alyssa Green. That's right. Oh, my God. Two doctors. And I guess <laughs> since we're throwing them out there, I'll be doctor. No, it doesn't work that way. Damn it. <laughs> it, it kind of works that way. Sometimes. <laughs> it does. It actually does um, with Alyssa on this. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seriously, what do you, because you two have worked so hard to become doctors, yes. do you prefer that we call you doctor? No. <laughs> No, I don't think I can call Dr. Saladino by her first name. Like I hear you do it. It's I'm like, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I can't quite do it. So I'll be calling you Dr. Saladino. Uh, it's like being asked to call a teacher by their first name, which yeah. I can't. Tanya did that. Remember, remember we had one of my former teachers coming in a future episode and Tanya calling her by her first name. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, Brian was just I couldn't do it. And even she gave me permission to call her Amy. I can't. I cannot do it. I can't do it. <laughs> All right. Let's see what happens by the end of this. Episode. <laughs> so, super quick overview of the web series, The Way Through. It's the story of a depressed guy played by one Brian Luna who gets a gift certificate to start therapy. He's very resistant, but also, I guess you would say kind of curious. Much like Brian Luna. Much like Brian Luna. And so he works on this journey to find the therapist who's right for him. And the series, it looks at therapy through kind of a, in a zany light, but there's a lot of truth to it. So we were hoping that today's episode could shine even more truth, light, awareness to therapy. Mental health, absolutely. We all need more of it right now. Right now. (laughs) It's a great time to be a therapist, right? (laughs) Did you plan for this, Dr. Saldino? You know, it, it worked in my favor, which I should not say. Um, but but um, no, it is it is a great time to be a therapist. And and it's been great because I can I, you know, believe it or not, all of this chaos is making people, I think, come to some amazing, amazing changes in their life. So it actually, it's a very cool time to be a therapist as well. So um, I feel very lucky. I love that perspective. Such a therapeutic way to look at our mentality. <laughs> so we have some questions for you. I'd like to start with one. Yeah. Dr. Saladino, why do I cry every year when I watch Love Actually? No, you cannot sneak I in can <laughs> actual therapy. There's no, there's nothing that says I can't. All right, fine, fine, fine. <laughs> You had a great first question, just to maybe set the stage. You want to kick off with yours? 
Uh, sure. I mean, my question was, what made you want to become a therapist? Oh, so I was very lucky in this department of my life because I, I knew very early on that this was my path. I went into undergrad sort of knowing I wanted to do something in the mind-body medicine space. And I knew I would either want to be a physician and work holistically or wanted to look at working with the mind and bring in the body. <laughs> I started the medical route, meaning like I took like one class and decided it was way too hard. So I didn't want to do that anymore. So I realized that the medical route was not my route. And I took a psychology class and just loved it and actually found that for me, it was a lot easier for some reason than it was for others, which is one of the ways I actually help guide people in finding their path is sometimes we find things that naturally work with our own personalities and how we are. And so I went that path and then um, got into health psychology, actually, because I did some research in that and wanted to see how the mind and the body work together. So it all flowed. And I feel very fortunate because it felt natural to me early on. So that's how I started. Wow. Yeah. And after our first session, she wanted to retire. She told me. <laughs> no, me, that, that is not true. Brian. <laughs> and so I, first of all, I just want to acknowledge that is such a great overall pro tip for anyone who's just feeling a lot of struggle in life right now is to actually start to pay attention to those small moments that feel like flow or that feel yes. just a little bit easier. So I think that's such a great reminder. Brian, what is your origin story? What prompted you to develop The Way Through a web series about therapy? I wanted to look at something with therapy because something was going on at that time where I was really like doing a lot of introspection. And that's what therapy has done for me is really like held me accountable to for my feelings and like lets me look at them. And when Dr. Saladino and I first started talking, I had really big problems. Not that I don't now, but like I was depressed and I was, I couldn't find my way out. I was just literally poking around in the dark and literally, literally and figuratively. So yes, literally, God, I'm such a literalist. So I really wanted to shine a light on how I was feeling at that time because I wasn't feeling bad, but I still wanted to go because it allows me to check in every week to make sure that I'm still feeling and, you know, not just to go when you're feeling bad. And I started thinking about like how hard it was for me to even start, like all this stigma I had, like where I come from and the way I grew up, like we don't go to therapy, you know what I mean? Like therapies in a bottle or in a fight or something like that. So I wanted people who grew up like me or having the same apprehensions with therapy to know that it's okay. I want to kind of normalize it. And I felt that with Dr. Shelley, you know, like I've never felt more comfortable other than with you to talk about things and to open up and be open. And it was, it was really hard at first. As a matter of fact, I was even telling Dr. Saladino, I was lying the first time I met her. I was just like trying to tell her all this stuff. And she saw through that. Yeah. I mean, it was great. Right. I mean, I, yeah. I, we talked we'll, about we'll just wait. We'll just wait that out, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. Can we talk about the lies you told in therapy? What were you telling her? I was like, hey, my name is I was Bob like, hey, my name Martinez. is Richard. No, I didn't even give Martinez. I was like Richard Jennings or something like, no, no, no. But I was just like, I thought therapy was going in there and getting the approval that, hey, you're okay. Mm, you know, like just, just saying enough what I do had to do. Do you see that often, Dr. Saladino? Like when people go into therapy, oh, they're kind of- Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think it's quite intimidating to have someone look at you like that. I mean, I know even when I've gone to therapy, like I put my good outfit on, you know, and I'm like, why am I doing this? Because, because I think I, you know, you do, I, I agree with Brian. I think everybody's searching for some approval and it's like, can you look on the inside of my mind 
And am I really normal? Am I really okay? So, so I think across the board, that's something that people worry about and it's normal. And it's something also that, that I think is a great starting point because that's where a lot of people start. Yeah. I used to walk out of therapy and feel great for about 10 blocks you know, and then it would all start to creep back in because I wasn't talking about anything that was really bothering me. I was just trying to get out of therapy with like a thumbs up. And (laughs) so when I came back, I was like, I think the first session, Dr. Saladino, I was just like, okay, here it is. And just, I mean, like a U-Haul of issues just like, (laughs) and I was like, okay, so here we go. Let's get into it. And, uh, but it was great. It was great. Would you have any recommendations for someone who is on that curious, interested in exploring therapy, but scared to really take the leap? Mm -hmm. What would you recommend for someone in that situation? I think the first thing that can make you feel safe is that you don't have to commit, commit to it. You can see if this, you know, research people before you go and see them, you can look at how it feels to you. I tell everybody, I do a consultation with everyone before they come in, mostly to build a little bit of rapport and also so someone's not coming in completely blind. But one of the things that I tell people in that consultation is you try this, you see how it feels to you, and you don't have to stay. Many, many people, and it's one of the nicest compliments that I get, is that people leave their first session and say, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Um, and, you know, and that's like, that's like high marks. That's, that's as good as it gets for me, because it's really intimidating. I think it's incredibly scary. And at the same time, I think knowing that you can take some baby steps, you don't have to bear your entire soul right off the bat. You can if you want, but you are in control. And I think sometimes people believe that once you're in, you're you're in the power vortex of our office that we're somehow in charge of your mind and that's not true. So I think knowing that you can take whichever steps you want, you can go in and talk almost about nothing in the first session just to see if you like sitting with that person. So I always encourage people to slow it down and to know that you have a lot of choice in the matter of how you can use this to benefit your life and it's not just about being on the rules of someone else just because you think they have a degree in psychology. <laughs> so that that would be what I would say. Pretty much one out of 10 people that I would mention that psychology was my area of specialization even when I was just taking psychology classes people say really weird things. <laughs> yeah, they say so many weird things. Yes. If you think it's like mind control or I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm a psychology major. And they're like, yeah, then what am I thinking? Like, I, right. I think that was something I major. said that. No. I think that was one of the things that I said. Wouldn't you find that that's really common? Like what are weird things people think psychologists are capable of? Oh, <laughs> we're capable of so much. Um, <laughs> I, you know, the, the biggest one, Tanya, I think is, is that they think you can read their mind. Um, and when I was much younger, one of my best friends was a divorce attorney. And so we would go out and just scare people away. And it was so fun. Um, Cause it was like, no one wants to meet a psychologist and a divorce attorney less than <laughs> any potential partners. But yeah, a lot of times they think it's mostly the, the mind reading, which I always explain if I could read minds, I'd make a lot more money. So I, I wish I could and I, I just can't. On a more serious note, I think people are really worried that you're going to see darkness in them or you're going to see brokenness in them that 
they have worked really hard to cover up. And so they think you can see it without them even opening their mouth. So I think that's where a lot of the fear comes from, because we all have things in our life that we're like, you know, a little iffy about that's being very human. But I think people are very scared because they work so hard to cover that up and they think we can see it with x-ray vision. So yes, absolutely. Was there something that Brian, you were worried about Dr. Saladin? Well, I, I, Dr. Saladin, do you mind if I share something? Uh, go, go for it. Go for it. Okay. So when you walk in, there are two identical chairs, right? And you walk in and, and your first thought is, where do I, where do I sit? And Dr. Saladin was like, whichever one. And I was like, <laughs> I throw everyone with that, by the way. Yeah. I was like, is this part of the thing? (laughs) So that's what, that's another thing. Like with psychologists, like when I got in there, I was like, wait, which one am I supposed to pick? You know, or like, uh, oh, the other thing was uh, the tissue. She was like, there's tissue there if you need it. And I was like, why did she say that? Like, why do I look like I need tissue? What the hell? So everything I was just, I, I felt like I was walking into like, like a movie, like Saw, you know, where I was like, don't touch that and activate the trap or something like that. But So did he sit in the wrong chair? <laughs> well, so I should say it's pretty uncommon actually to have a therapist's office where both chairs are identical. Believe it or not, I did that on purpose. Um, but many therapists, even if they listen to this, will probably say, well, my office isn't like that. But my concept on it is truly bringing people in as equals is something that's incredibly important to me. We both bring a tremendous amount of experience. I don't know your life better than you do. So part of me having two identical chairs is for that purpose. I also don't see couples, so I don't really need a couch. What I love about what you're bringing up is that it further reduces that stigma of the therapist being the person with these like secret powers over you and really inviting the person to bring their own power into the room, which I think is really beautiful. Very cool. On that note, however, in the way through, we do meet a lot of bad therapists. (laughs) Especially the ones Alyssa wrote. (laughs) To be fair, those were the episodes that were delegated to me. (laughs) Like Alyssa, can you give us like a tiny teaser of your favorite bad therapist you wrote? My favorite bad therapist, it, it was, again, a concept that you guys came up with and then gave to me, which is a catastrophizer. So somebody who always finds the worst possible interpretation of everything. So as an anxious person, my brain just naturally does that. So giving that dialogue to a therapist was really fun. And then the actress who who plays that therapist is just incredible. And then we'll come back to your defensiveness later on in the <laughs> so that we could diagnose what that's all about. Yeah, actually the catastrophizer was based on a terrible therapy experience I had two years ago. I can't remember anymore. When you first started the- I started using Talkspace Mm -hmm. and I was burning out. I was just feeling so chronically stressed and anxious. And so I was like, all right, well, let me, I felt like I didn't have time for therapy. So I started Talkspace because at the time I had this very long commute. So I was like, okay, I could do therapy during my commute. And the first therapist I was matched with she just made me feel horrible about everything that's going on in my life. I would tell her something that happened that day that I just felt kind of okay about. And she was like, well, what's terrible about that is. And then she like. What's really think, tra- terrible. Yeah. Like you're not even seeing this terrible part of it. And then I would mention things about my family and she just 
she turned it into this like trauma <laughs> that I didn't actually feel like I experienced. And so at some point I was like, I feel so much worse. And so with the press of a button was able to switch to a different therapist who was fantastic. And so mm-hmm. I ended up having a really, really wonderful experience. I, I'm grateful that I was able to give it another shot with someone different, but that catastrophizing was so shocking because I felt like the whole point of going to therapy was to feel better, but this person seemed invested in kind of pointing out all of the bad things that I wasn't even noticing, which I guess brings me to another question. Are there bad therapists? <laughs> I mean, no pressure with this question. Yeah, that's but. A, feel free to throw any colleague under the bus. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's why I was like, I guess I shouldn't give exact examples right now, but um, full names, addresses, full names, city yeah. <laughs> associations, everything. You know, I was thinking about this question. Of course, I kind of had the same response that you guys did. And I was like, well, maybe they're good somehow. But I mean, first off, of course, you know, there's people that we just don't click with. But then, you know, there's pieces where the things that I think can be kind of detrimental is a lot of what Tanya's talking about, where it's not a great match, but it's also something that isn't leading you in a direction that makes you feel good. I don't know. And honestly, us therapists are a little judgy of each other. I'm not going to lie. So we all have a lot of our own opinions about how other people work, probably similarly to people in other professions. But, you know, some things that I've heard, sort of the big ones, I mean, I have heard too many people say that they have seen someone who fell asleep, not a good therapist, you should never fall asleep. And I'm not exactly sure how that happens, but it does happen. Another thing I would say is when someone feels trapped by their therapist, that is a big no-no. And there are schools of thought that you're supposed to be in therapy a certain amount of time. I do not go by that theory. And it's not that I'm saying that it's wrong. But when people feel trapped by their therapist and they feel like if they don't see their therapist, they're going to be too ill to live. That does not feel like the right dynamic, in my opinion, to put on a person because then it promotes an illness mindset rather than a wellness mindset, which, again, this these are my opinions. So, you know, please feel free anyone to disagree with me. The things also that I are not necessarily making a bad therapist, but things that I look out for is when someone is using only one way of approaching or fixing something. And it's like, well, if you don't do things this way, then you must be so broken that you can't be, you you can't make improvements or you can't evolve. I think that if something isn't working, then we try something else. We look under a different rock. Maybe it's associated with, with something else. So that curiosity, I think, is something that can make a really positive experience with a therapist so that it's if one thing isn't working, we move on rather than saying, well, if I can't help you, then you must just be too broken. So I want to be careful not to label things just bad. It's hard. Yes, we go through hard times in therapy. You don't always feel better after every single session. But I think having someone that is actually in your life and makes it feel like you're living better and moving towards something and coming into a better space in your life, rather than making you feel worse, like Tanya was explaining, I think is really important. It was really diplomatic. Yeah, no. So. I, you know, I'm so lucky that uh, obviously I feel lucky and grateful that I found you, but how does one find the right therapist? I would break this up into two little pieces. One being that if you have something very, very specific that you want to work on, having someone with some expertise in that is not a bad idea. So, you know, that would be my first filter. Let's say if you had 
a really severe trauma in your life or you're working on a very specific phobia or things like that, there are people who specialize in those areas and finding someone with some expertise might be a really, really good idea. So I would first sift by that. If you're generally going through stress or for many people, a breakup, things along those lines, many of us work on a very wide range and can be supportive through those things. We all go through general training. We go through a lot of things to be able to hit a lot of areas, but very specific stuff, having some really nice expertise in that could be fantastic. After that, for me, it's all relationship. You know, I look at this very, I talk to people about this very similar to how I talk about dating. You want to be with somebody that you are going to feel comfortable eventually. You don't have to feel comfortable right away, but someone that you would take their feedback, someone that you can look at and say, you know what, I trust you enough to open up. I trust you enough to, you know, feel like you're really on my side with this stuff and that you can also push me a bit to look at things differently in a way that I can hear you. Pushing someone in a way where they just feel defensive and they want to shut you down all the time, not that helpful. But finding someone where they say, you know what, I know that you have so many strengths and we can actually move you in a really positive direction. And maybe if you do things a little differently and let's walk through that together, that I think is a really nice recipe to move forward. But if you just don't trust the person that you're sitting with, it's not going to work. So it's sort of a joke on my intakes or on my consultations, actually, where I say, you come in, you meet me. And quite honestly, if you don't like me, this isn't going to work. And I'm okay with that. I'm very okay not being liked. And so that's where that's where we start. And that's really what I believe in. So um, so I hope that helps. I think that was Brian's pickup line when we first met. <laughs> if it doesn't work, you can go leave tip. No. Um, right. <laughs> I, Still have to pay me. Hey, what kind of take do you think this was, Dr. <laughs> you got it nailed it okay so my other question my kind of a tie-in with that is okay i didn't do it right the first time when i came to you when you so, were doing the compulsive lying piece. when i was doing <laughs> <laughs> but the other question i have is how does one prepare to do therapy like what do i need to do how to- can you be a good patient, patient yeah to, like to get the most out of it what do, other than lying obviously yeah <laughs> definitely lying <laughs> I think you should just craft the best story you can come up with and make the therapist entertained for the hour because we have nothing else that we need to, you know, be doing. Um, you know, well, number one, you don't have to do anything. We are here to help guide you. I say to people often, if you knew how to quote unquote fix this, you would have already done it, then you wouldn't need me. So I'd like to remove some pressure that people have to be really, really well organized in order for this to work. Going in, if you can say, listen, this is the situation, this is where I'm getting stuck, I can get this far and this is it, then that's great. Sometimes people come in and especially if they're not as familiar with being in feeling states, they're like, I feel off and I have no idea why. And that's okay too. You don't even have to know what's wrong. And usually we can help you figure that out. So if you really aren't in a space where you have, I have people come in with detailed lists and, you know, old thing. And then I have some people that come in and say, I feel off and I'm not sleeping and I have no clue why that is. Can you help me figure that out? That's fine. Totally beyond fine. Um, That's what we're here for. So I think that as you go, I know at least in my work, examples are really helpful. Okay, I'm having trouble with 
relationships. Okay, let's go over one and see what happens. So if you can come in thinking about a couple of examples for them or places you're getting stuck or I know I get sad at night. Okay, let's let's back that up and see why just so that you have a couple of points so that we know where to start. But quite honestly, a lot of it is the openness that is going to make this successful. And that is something I think Brian has done so, so, so lovely is that he came in and nervous, but open, like, I don't know about you, but I might be okay sitting in this chair. Um, and that was awesome. Um, because as long as you're a little bit open, even to being in the room, then we can, we can work together to figure out what works, but the openness is the biggest. And then maybe a little bit of preparation, just so we know where to go from there. Nervous, but open is exactly how I would describe Brian. Dr. Sandian, a couple things. So when I remember recently we had a session and I started talking and I changed the subject. Dr. Sandino caught me in that moment. She's like, don't think we're not going to you know, and that's another thing. I think it's great that we feel so comfortable that she can call me and say bullshit when she needs to. It's part of my friend, but you know, like she'll she'll call that. But as you were describing like what to do, Tanya was pointing to herself. What were you pointing at, T? Because because um, you diagnose yourself as well as you go into therapy. Well, I just like to not. Okay, I'll just be honest. <laughs> Don't like to spend money if I can get certain work done myself. So I think right. I don't right. have many sessions if I can already show up having done a lot of the work. <laughs> yes. And the diagnosis and the remedy and the whole thing. So I'm both trying to be helpful and I'm trying to be efficient, both with my time and my finances. I was really curious about the how to be a better client or better patient question because I don't think I've quite figured it out yet because I think I'm kind of trying to do too much of the work myself. Like I'm showing up and I'm like, I've done the research. Here are my here are my two hypotheses. Here's most likely what's going on. What assignment can you give me now? <laughs> yeah. Tanya, you and I are exactly the same patient, by the way, because I do that with my therapist too. So, so um, yeah, I definitely, definitely hear you. And, and I can speak to that as well. But, but no, I agree because it does shorten things up a little. If you come in with some, a little bit of an outline, sometimes you can get a bit more out of it. Um, and, and that's really cool. So, you know, but we want to, as long as it feels like it's helping, I'm, I'm with you. Like I said, I'm, I'm a very similar patient. <laughs> so can we get into that? Because I think that it is is an established, I don't know if this is a rule or, a, or just a, a recommendation, but the therapist should have a therapist. Is that true? You know, it's um, it varies. There are certain schools where you kind of have to have a therapist, but but it, it can vary, believe it or not. And and just like just like normal people, um, us therapists uh, sometimes have therapists and sometimes we don't. So it's not necessarily required, but considering you know, considering one, many of us are, are looking to self-improve and, you know, be able to, to keep evolving, you know, many, many therapists choose to do that. And it's also very helpful because we're downloading so much information from so many people and having some place to go with that, that's safe, having our own therapist to be able to process some of what we're downloading because we're taking in hundreds of stories a month. So it's, it's a lot. So, so yes, you know, many of us do have therapists. I also just wanted to point out that Tanya just found a very financially efficient way of, of addressing some of these issues here right now. <laughs> Basically, my this goal. is it. <laughs> so the other follow-up I had to that is, I can't imagine what it must be like in your shoes, especially this year, this these past few weeks, these past few months, having to, as you said, download all of those 
feelings and emotions and stories and traumas that people are going through. And I think for those of us who aren't therapists, many of us can relate to some extent because maybe you are in a leadership position where a lot of people are coming to you, or maybe you are in a relationship and you're sort of playing therapist for your partner. Do you have any recommendations for how to cope when you are both trying to be there and support someone else while needing to keep your own oxygen mask on, so to speak? This sounds very specific. <laughs> how do I cope with being <laughs> <clients>? <laughs> spouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's um it's a challenge. I mean, the the first this might seem like a step back, but the first thing I think is making room for the fact that this is really hard. I think that many of us whether we're therapists or leaders or, you know, just trying to get through life, you know, think that that we should be able to do this with all of our expertise in a in a straightforward, healthy, perfectly self-cared balance of life because we are so smart. And it's a mess. I mean, right now it's a mess. The life is really hard. And so I think the first thing is, is allowing some room for that. The other, the other piece is not pushing yourself beyond the point where the stress is too much because often many of us will wait until we burn out to get some help or we wait till we burn out to, you know, oh, well now I'll take a day off, but you take a day off and you collapse, you know, and I think so many of us are like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And really, you know, many times if we can make sure to focus on things that are daily, things that allow us to breathe during the day, things that kind of re-regulate us as we go, that can be extremely helpful because as much as we love to say that, you know, oh yeah, I know that I'll be a better helper if I take care of myself. It's incredibly difficult to do, especially when the need that you're serving is so high. It's like, okay, well, I'll get to that after I help all of these people. And what I'm finding for many caretakers right now in every regard is that the need is so high because everyone's going through, so many people are going through huge life changes that usually you would maybe get to that point of saying, okay, I've taken care of everybody else and I'll get to this maybe after two to three weeks. It, the need is never ending. So if we don't carve time right now, we end up being just completely overwhelmed. So I think a lot of it is being somewhat preventative and just making sure we're looking out for ourselves in the meantime. Any concrete tips in terms of what works for you or what you see working for your clients when it comes to self-care? I think a lot of people, just like with therapy, there's sort of this hesitation to embrace the idea of self-care. It feels a little bit, I don't know, at least for me, when I hear self-care, I'm like, ugh. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. Um, for me personally, movement is incredibly important, especially when it comes to anxiety, when it comes to depression, when it comes to all of those things. Our bodies, just like our minds, are holding a lot of these stories. They're holding on to a lot of things. So without a release, it just stays in there and festers, which is just yucky. So for me, I think it's incredibly difficult sometimes, but I, I think that having a pretty nice routine, you know, nothing overwhelming, but even something on the more gentle scale, if someone says, you know what, I'm already exhausted, I can't do my CrossFit workout right now, knowing that there can be some movement and some free space is really, really important. The thing I've really leaned into, I've been doing more of a recent training that has really helped me focus also on the importance of giving space and time around things. So even at times when it's very overwhelming, the tasks are coming in big, 
the big thing that I have been leaning on lately is like, I might need space and time around this, which is something as like growing up as a New Yorker, growing up as someone who does not like to slow down was not organic at all. But often I've been trying to give myself a little bit more room. So anybody who's doing that, if, if you're starting to get overwhelmed, be like space and time. And then you pull yourself back a little bit and just kind of pad it with a little bit of room so that your system, your mind, your body can process and it will then start to, to be a little bit better. So it's not the traditional self-care that we usually talk about. I mean, face masks and all that are great baths. I do actually really lean on a lot of that kind of more traditional stuff. But for me, space and time and movement are the things that, that really help. I love that. Mm-hmm. Brian and I also got a foot mask. So foot mask, but we haven't put it on because freaks us out. That in my, (laughs) I think they need more attention than a mask. Like they need a hood or something because it's. Alyssa, you had a question as we come near the end of this episode. We like to talk about kind of takeaways. It's a very specific and narrow question. What have you learned from your experience thus far? I mean, if if you have takeaways or practices you've incorporated into your own life, you can sort of take it take it however you want. Absolutely. The biggest thing that I think this job has given me is a much wider range of what life and what reality really looks like. I believe many of us grow up thinking that it's one thing, you know, good things happen to good people, bad things happen to bad people, but also that just how we're living, we're either living in a good way or in a bad way. And me having more range of knowledge and experience and seeing what richness comes into people's lives in non-traditional ways, the benefits sometimes that we get out of hard situations or things that were totally forbidden when we grew up, like sometimes actually are huge learning experiences for people. So I think that for me, it's helped me to understand the complexities of life and and how to have more compassion for people going through difficult things. I love that. We can yeah. definitely all use more compassion these well, days. I do have one more follow-up question. Have you Why ever- Why do you keep dreaming of strawberry heads? No, no, no. That I think I get. Okay. <laughs> I'd love to hear more about that though. It's bananas creepy. But the question I have for you is, as you're talking to somebody, you're like, say I come in and I'm like, I'm Brian. I'm like, oh yeah, here are my issues. You know, here are my problems. Brian Richardson, what was it? No, Brian. Oh no, Brian Jennings or something. So I'm like, I'm Brian, you know, here are my issues. And then you start to to talk to them and then they come back and like, I feel so much better. I found my calling. It's scalping humans. Yeah. What if he's like, what comes really naturally to me? Yeah. It is, is hunting humans. Yeah. So thank you, Dr. Salian. You've helped me a ton. And then you're like, <laughs> I can't wait for someone to just take a sound bite from this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, I think that's when the therapist just ghosts you. I think that's what, <laughs> I think that's what happens. <laughs> no. Would you like to answer Brian's question or would you like to disregard it? What the, you know, what is this some kind of, is you guys, she's, she said she doesn't do couples therapy. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, you know, like I said, you know, there could be some personal differences that I have between my clients and I, and sometimes that's when we break up. Rarely happens except if they're hunting humans, but you know, <laughs> um, sometimes I do know when I'm in over my head and when they're hunting humans, that is outside of my scope of practice is what we say as therapists. So, um, so you so, refer yeah. them out then. <laughs> I think I would just refer them to like the hunting human specialist, but I, I do, I do appreciate the concern there, Brian. Absolutely. I just, just looking out for Tanya. I think he's also workshopping the idea for his next web series. I think Alyssa and I have our next script. Uh, so hunting we, humans with strawberry head. 
with strawberry head. So I was going to say, we do like to wrap up our episodes with some takeaways. We've heard Dr. Saladino's kind of professional takeaways. I'm mm-hmm. curious, Alyssa, Brian, Tanya, me, Tanya, <laughs> me, uh, Tanya. Saladino, you want to get in on this too. Any quick takeaways from today's conversation? Um, my takeaway is you should watch the way through on Vimeo. Nice. Ooh, nice one, Alyssa. Good plug. <laughs> Anything for you, Brian? Yes. Uh, my takeaway is I'm happy that I'm in a place where I'm excited about sharing the fact that I was in therapy, that I'm currently in therapy. Initially, it, it just felt like something I should be ashamed of. But after talking to Dr. Saladino and spending time and doing the work and how I feel, I want everyone to feel that. Like I, I, you know, the idea of bringing Dr. Saladino on here was like to share Dr. Saladino to the world, but like more so to share the feeling that I have of what positive mental health can feel like. It's a journey, right? It's not like I, I've reached it. I'm here. Yay. Woo. That took a, for, you know, it took a long time. No, but it, it's constantly looking at issues. Wait, so and, you're still not fixed? Nope. Nope. Uh. I know. She no. said two more weeks. She said two more sessions and then guaranteed it's like in 15 sessions or your money back. So I was, <laughs> no, but it, it, it just made me feel really good to be here and to want to write with y'all this wonderful web series that we did to share that feeling of the journey and what's on the other side of that. Is my character going to find his Dr. Saladino? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Stay he tuned. We, he may or may not. You have yes. to watch. I too am very, very grateful to you, Brian, and to you, Dr. Saladino. I mean, I've been here on the sidelines through this journey that you've been through, and it's been really exciting and Have you been listening inspiring. to my sessions? And it's great that you're meeting virtually now because I could just stand <laughs> My takeaway, oh, so many, but I'm thinking about one of the first things that you said, Dr. Saladino, early on about just the thing that makes people scared of therapy of just being really seen mm-hmm. is also that that's so much what we're craving right now too, right? It's the thing we fear and it's the thing we so badly mm-hmm. need. And I think for me, my takeaway is just how can I allow people to see me more and how can I, especially at this political climate that we're in right now, see other people more mm-hmm. fully and more thoroughly and recognize that we're all wanting the same thing at mm-hmm. the end of the day. We, we want to be seen and accepted we go into that desire kicking and fighting because we're scared of what's going to happen if we are seen and not accepted. So, Yeah, no, I love that, Tanya. And and I was just going to add to that, if it's okay, that, you know, one of the thing concepts that I think about is that almost like going into a dark room, it's very scary until you put a flashlight on those dark corners. And often when what you see is not as bad as what you thought was there, you know, then you can see it, you can explore it, you can move it, you can say, okay, now I know what we're dealing with. And I find that working with our own personal, our own personal stuff is very similar. I have so many people that come in and say, I'm sure you've never heard anything like this, or they come in just piled up with either guilt or sadness or, you know, things that they, that they were like, if I look at this, it's going to break me. And what we often find is that when we look at them and we shine that light on it, then they're like, oh, I can work with this. This isn't as bad as I thought. And I have a way out, you know, which is through another plug, shameless, shameless plug, shameless plug. Um, Well done, well done. I think Brian and I have both also gotten in trouble for like laughing too loud in our sessions, like both by, <laughs> I think by Tanya. Um, and uh, Like an important business meeting and there's just like laughter for, coming from the ceiling. People are like, what is going on? I'm like, oh, that's just my husband in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> 
kind of how I, it's kind of how I run my show. Uh, so, And for our listeners who are interested in inviting you into their dark rooms, that sounded so creepy. Wait, what? <laughs> wait, wait, no, don't, don't edit that. Just fix it. What do you say? For those listeners who want to go into your dark room. What? <laughs> Trying to stay in the metaphor sure, sure. of the dark room and the light. For <laughs> listeners who are interested in learning more about your work, whether it's speaking or actually working with you, if they happen to be in a state where you're able to practice, how can people learn more about you? Sure. So my website is drlynsaladino.com. I'm also on Instagram at Dr. Lynn Saladino. I'm hoping to have some new really cool products coming out pretty soon too, just so people can get a little bit more insight at home. I'm queuing that up right now. So hopefully that will be out hopefully in the next few months. Put it in the show notes. Yeah, we'll as well, put it in our show notes. As well as say podcast and die. Yeah. But yes. I'm going to go into too much detail about it because I know that we'll have Alyssa and Andy back on the show to Which, talk about yeah, to talk about stumpy psychology oh stuff. Yeah, definitely. But you can find us at Say Pod and Die on Twitter and Instagram and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. So smart, so engaging, so thought provoking. Highly encourage you to, to check that out. You know what else is smart and engaging? Me, Brian Luna, and also those individuals who take the time to leave us reviews on Apple podcasts who hang out and chat with us on Instagram. So please give us your feedback, ask questions. And as usual, thank you for listening to. Talk Talk to me. me.